Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 637 of the Juicebox Podcast. On April 7th, 2015, episode 10 of the Juicebox Podcast went up. And it was a conversation with a woman named Anna. Anna was the mom of a small child with type 1 diabetes. And today, some seven years later, she is back on the podcast to check in. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Also, I want to tell you that on the day this was recorded, about a block from my home, someone was grinding a stump, and it made a horrible noise, and it came in on my microphone at times. It's not throughout the whole episode, but there'll be moments when you hear me talk and there'll be this hum behind me. It's not overwhelming, and it's only when my microphone is open. So whenever Anna's talking... Or, oh, I just realized, now you can make fun of me in your head for talking so much, but whenever I'm not talking, you won't hear it at all, and it's not distracting. It's just something I'm aware of, and I'm apologizing for it now because I wish I could have done something about it. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice well, I'm Anna, and I'm mum of Teddy, who um, we spoke about, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago. I should have I should have checked that. But he was diagnosed with diabetes in 2012. So I've always felt like he was a little bit behind what Arden was experiencing. And obviously following you was just amazing because... Uh, I could see how well you were doing and um, it gave me so much encouragement with the situation when Teddy was diagnosed. So, yeah, it's really good to catch up now um, when he's he's 13 now. So, Okay, so I'm looking now and this is really astonishing. I haven't really done this a lot. You're maybe like the second or third recording I've done, like catching up with people who were on the show at one point. Um mm. But you were on episode 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. The, the, and look how many you've done now. There, there are 540 <laughs> of them up right now. Wow. And oh. um, I mean, yours might end up being like 600 like or something like that by the yeah. time they all go up. I, I remember. So it's see how funny it is, is that they all blend together a little bit for me now. But I I remember the management of making your episode because I was so new at it that I didn't like, I didn't know what I was doing yet. So just setting them up Mm. and putting them online took forever. Um, I'm, 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 I think this is going to be a lot of fun. So I'm I'm really happy that, that you reached out. What made you reach out? Um, well, I, I started listening to your podcasts again, having had a break, um, really just because I didn't have the right time to sit down and, and listen. 
Um, and I started listening again because, well, through lockdown, obviously, more time um, through COVID. So, and I thought, oh God, you're still saying stuff that is totally interesting and I can learn from. And I was just really gobsmacked at how you could still be saying things that were so different to what anyone around me says in in you know in in when we talk about diabetes in this country so um it sort of really fueled me to think god you you did you know you you really made a difference to our lives at the beginning and it's just great you're carrying on doing it for so many other people now so oh, thank you yeah you your episode went up april 7th 2015 and we are wow. we're recording today on the seventh of September, twenty twenty. I, I uh, okay. have to maybe, um, maybe I have to echo your gobsmackery because I don't know that I thought the podcast was still going to be going now either. <laughs> um, but I figured some things out since then, so uh, I'm glad it was there for you when you went back to it. So let's remind people a tiny bit, and then we'll we'll jump forward. Uh, Teddy was how old when he was diagnosed? Three. And how old is he now? Thirteen. Hold on a second. Wow, he was like seven when we spoke the first time? Yeah, six or seven. I'm looking now, yeah. Yeah, I think it still felt really new. Um, and we were still on the the, the injections at that point, um, I think, because we I, I knew from listening to you that I wanted Omnipod and you just couldn't get it here then. Like you, you just couldn't. Um, so I, yeah, it was, it was before he had a pump. How long has he had a pod now? Um, it's hard, five, isn't it? It starts to blend it must, together. Yeah, six years. I, I think, yeah, probably quite soon after I spoke to you last time. Yeah, I, yeah, because, um, yeah, six years. I, I could be wrong. He maybe already had one when I spoke to him. I'm not sure anymore. Um, Isn't that, it's really funny. How um, is he using a CGM? Yeah, he's got Dexcom. Um, so he's on the G6. And both those things I knew about from you, and both those things were here in the UK later than available for you guys. Um, and I had to find a hospital that I knew would be able to get funding for us to have those things. So we moved, moved hospitals and, um, yeah. It's amazing. I, I'm very happy that you're back. What was it? Did it, uh, what's my question was being on a podcast back then that basically, I mean, it wasn't being listened to the way it is now. Like, for instance, one day in the future, I'm going to put this episode up. And in the mm -hmm. first three hours that it's live on the internet, it'll get downloaded more than your previous episode was downloaded probably in a year. Yeah. It, it, was there anything that came from being on the podcast? Did, did anyone say, I knew that was you? Or did it just make you feel good to tell your story to other people? Like, what was the outcome of doing it the first time? I think it made me feel something I already felt that actually 
what I was thinking about type one was so completely not shared by anyone in the community in in this country and I felt like I was part of a special gang (laughs) Mm -hmm. like across the sea (laughs) so it felt special and it felt I, I just I just I just felt how how do we not know these things how do the hospitals not push these things um why is this stuff not available uh, why is the, the why is this dialogue not here about having aiming for normal blood sugar levels and so yeah i it made me feel like i was part of of another gang because you had seen those things right like you were having those thoughts but there was just nowhere to anchor them to no, and at the point when I spoke to you, I was feeling quite down because the way I was dealing with it was by finger pricking, like sometimes 20 plus times every 24 hours. And I knew that was the only way that I could see what was happening. Um, and I knew it wasn't good. It wasn't great for Teddy. But um, in one way, it was great for Teddy because it meant we had good good management and I was being told off for using too, too many um, test strips. And I was getting told off all the time by the doctors. And I just stuck to it. And I said, I even said, at some point, we're going to have a device that does all this for us. We won't need to finger prick. Because I'd heard about Dexcom, probably through you. And the consultant said, that will never happen. <laughs> Um, and I, it just it seemed crazy to me that boundless hope from yeah. your doctors. Uh, <laughs> when, when you when when you say that they were giving you trouble, were they giving you trouble for poking him so much or for using the test strips up? Uh, well, firstly, it was a shame for his fingers. They kept saying, and I said, "Well, actually, he doesn't really mind. He doesn't. I mean, didn't he didn't like the injections one bit? But finger pricks, you know, once your fingers have been." roughed up like that I don't you know he he didn't mind he really didn't mind and it was far better for him than having to have hypo treatment or you know correction injections and all the rest so but also financially because we get funded by the NHS they they kept telling me it was costing too much money so I was going through them too quickly but were you having better outcomes than they were accustomed to seeing definitely yeah we, I mean, we were always told, we, we actually left, you wouldn't be surprised, but we left that hospital when that doctor told me that, that it would never happen, that, that something would replace a finger prick. Um, but we, he was get, having better outcomes than anyone else mm-hmm. in, in that, any other child in that hospital. And the case is the same today in, in, in the hospital we're in, that he's always, we're always praised about how we're sort of top in terms of management and I you know that just makes me feel a bit sort of disappointed in the system because you think well we should all be doing this um so anyway it's kind of confounding isn't it that you're having a an outcome that's so much different than everyone else's and instead of them saying to you hey what are you doing maybe we should be doing this they're like you have to stop doing this (laughs) You know, like why, why fight against, uh, I, I don't know. It's such an interesting thing that they would just fight against 
that idea instead of embracing it or at least trying to figure out why it's working? Yeah, I think they've moved on. I think they have moved on a bit now. They have. And and there's all obviously different consultants. Some are going to be more forward thinking. Some are going to embrace the technology more. But there's a whole load of sort of old school ones that really just don't like change. And they like to do, you know, they still think you should eat meals at the same time of day. You should only test if you're testing once every two hours. And they still seem to think that that works, um, which is something I always had to say. It just doesn't doesn't work. Um, so anyway. at, least, at least not as well as what you're doing, you know. So no, did you find the blog? Were you reading yeah. my blog? You were reading my blog. Was that before the podcast then? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. 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 It would have to be because, I mean, honestly, if you were on in April, that means I recorded you soon before that March and the podcast only began in January. So I, I mean, I'd be surprised if you heard one of the first episodes in England and yeah. And then reached out. That's a, I, it's so funny. I can't remember the details of it really, Uh, but I remember, no, I was, I was definitely reading the blog. Okay. You know, back when you were on, it was easy to like name the episodes because I was just like, this one will be called Teddy's mom. And that's it. Uh, I've, (laughs) I have to be more. Uh, I have to be more uh, uh, agile now because I'm starting to. The other day, I thought to name something, uh, and I typed it into the search bar for the episodes, and I had already used that title for something, and I was like, "Ooh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to get a little more uh, thoughtful about this." So, how, well, it's a creative thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you just have to creativity. I get yelled at, you know. Speaking of uh, getting told off, like I, people tell me all the time, your titles don't tell me what the episodes are about, and I always think I don't know what the episodes are about. I I recorded them, and they seem like we talk about you know twenty different things. I can't just pick one of them and tell you, you know, the the show's about this today. You know, it might end up being about yeah. a bunch of things. So I don't know. I I think I'm doing okay, but. Every once in a while, I get somebody comes after me for it. Well, how is Teddy doing? Like, what's his life like now compared to back then? Oh, he's great. Um, he's just, he's, we were just, we were just walking the dog before this. And because uh, he goes back to school tomorrow the, after the summer holidays. And we're just sort of chatting about the plan for school, what he's going to do with his, with his, um, type one and how he's going to manage it and he's just so mature and positive and totally understands what he's doing um I I don't know I think it's made him he's so well organized it's unbelievable (laughs) um so yeah I I feel that um you know diabetes for him now type one is, is is a good positive thing in his life because he you know he owns it and he's he's um he doesn't it doesn't get in the way what do you think led him to be that way i mean it's the two correct me if i'm wrong are you married no No. we're not married but we've been together for 25 years i think um but no we we're not married but um me and me and tom live together and we've got three kids Okay, together. So, so okay. Yeah. So you're you guys are together, and they're th- so. Teddy is where in the three kids? So they're older. He's younger. middle. He's the middle. Okay. Yeah. Any other 
autoimmune stuff pop up with the other kids? No. Nothing. Gotcha. So I'm saying, like, what do you think? Like, how does he, do you think he was always kind of uh, a mature kid? Or do you think the diabetes has helped him with that? I think the diabetes has helped him um, because I tell you, he's never rebelled against it. He's never pushed against it. He's always understood it and accepted it and wanted what we want for him to be his best and understood why that means good management. Um, so I know I think it's the diabetes. I mean, who, who knows? There's certain things that are in his genes and certain things that are, you know, but um, he's, I think it's made him extra special anyway. Hmm. Yeah. And I didn't mean the diabetes, like the diabetes turns you into a better person. I just mean like the, the work that you have to do and the concern and consideration that they maybe kind of hone you a little bit, make you a little uh, more mature at a lower, at a lesser age, maybe. I don't know. Like, cause Arden's the same way. She's super, hmm. she's super like, I don't know even how to like talk about it, I guess. Like, like you could leave Arden alone. Arden will be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she takes care of things. She's thoughtful about her safety and, and that sort of stuff. Things like that, that I don't even know that my son is at, at an older age. Um, I think she's just accustomed to thinking about herself and, uh, and, and understanding impacts of things that, that are kind of outside of her control. Um, yeah. yeah, but I think it's also made him quite thoughtful about other people. So um I suppose one of the things that really troubles him is he is quite self-conscious. So uh, he's, and he knows that we totally respect that as well. So we, I, I've never wanted to push, push his diabetes, you know, out there to be visible. Um, but he's, I don't know, he's just very sensitive, but in a very good way. So he's quite sensitive about other people and how they might feel about certain things. So hmm, I'm sure nice. that's the diabetes. Um, he, I mean, you have to put up with quite a few disappointments in life, don't you, when you're diabetic? Yeah. <laughs> you know, although you can do anything, you, there are times when you just, you know, it's like, no, you can't have another bit of cake and no, you can't trampoline for another hour at the moment. And uh, you sort of, you have to just accept that. And and I think that's really good life skill because there's so many things in life that, um, you know, you could let sort of flatten you. But if you're resilient in that way and think, oh, well, it doesn't actually matter, then it's, it's such a good skill for life. Yeah. Well, I think too, in a in a more digital age, there's a an idea that everything you want is going to be there for you immediately. You know, it's hard not to yeah. feel. We were in a movie theater two days ago, and during the movie, a person in front of me pulled out their phone to read an article about the movie, and I just it fried my brain. I thought, just yeah. watch the movie, and then you'll see what's going to happen. Like, why are you reading about it? Like, like are you so, are you so accustomed to having the answer immediately that you can't sit in this movie to get the answer? You, you know, like, it was just a very, very odd thing. And I take your point, like about him 
just sometimes needing to be accepting and and moving on. I I think that's a a hell of a life skill that we all need, honestly, that that everything can't always go our way and definitely won't. Mm -hmm. Well, that's interesting. It really is. Um, How long has he been? Like you said, he's heading back to school after summer break, but had he been at school prior to that or how's school been going there? Yeah, I can't, I can't really remember how much time they've been at school. It's been so weird, hasn't it? But they did go back um, after Christmas and were there all the way through to July. Um, I've got one child who's homeschooled. The eldest is at home, so that confuses things a little bit as well. But um, Teddy likes being at school, I think. He likes his friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we've had a really fantastic summer just chilling out. And, um, yeah, it's always a bit sad to go back to school. Do you still live at the same house from when we spoke the first time? Yeah, yeah. we do. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And we've got, um, yeah, we just have so many nice things we can do. Um, and I listen to your podcasts and you talk about eating out a lot. And I, <laughs> it's quite a job for us to eat out. It's quite a journey. Um, you can't, can't get takeaways delivered. So I think that probably means we eat a better diet in one way because we just <laughs> we can't just go out and have something to eat very easily. Yeah, I, I remember you sending me a photo of like your property and thinking of how kind of just lovely it was and feels like it's in the woods and a little removed yeah. from things. It's really nice. It's, and yeah. it's interesting that it, and it brings up that idea that you can't go, you know, at a, at a moment's notice, you can't run to a restaurant or to a store. You have to be prepared to cook and have things in the home. And um, I guess that's interesting. It, it, and it, you say it leads to to better eating. I think we live quite a slow life compared to a lot of people, probably because of the location. But, um, yeah, I think I think we do live quite a slow life. So anything that happens outside the house is like a special occasion. Um, and thankfully, the kids seem to really enjoy that. They're not really desperate to go off and do, like you know, mentioning the trampoline park. It's it's maybe once a year at the most that we do something like that. We have a meal out maybe once every six weeks. How does Teddy, um, so? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. No, no, that's. How does Teddy get to school? He gets a taxi. Oh, every day. That's lovely. See, that seems like I know regal to me. <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is, he there is a school bus that takes them, but we live up this bumpy track with potholes, and it's really twisty and very narrow. There's no way a bus could get down here. Um, and the bus can't stop on the road. The road's really bendy. Mm-hmm. So um, they they pay, they provide a taxi. It's, it's totally amazing. So when my, my daughter starts high school, which will be next year, that will be two of them in the taxi. And I won't have to do any car journeys running kids to and from school. And I've been doing that for, I don't know, 10 years I've been running kids to and from school in the car. So. You won't miss that. That's uh No. I, I, I have to tell you that one of the best things that happened during COVID was me not having to get up super early in the morning because of school for Arden and helping her get things together. And, 
you know, taking her to school, I just, I got so accustomed, not to sleeping long, but just not getting up, you know, so early. And uh, I really liked it. <laughs> I have to tell oh, you. Oh, I know, because there is so much to do, you know, and I just think I, 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 I hate the school routine. I hate it. And I, I can't really say how much I hate it because I have to tell the kids it's a really positive thing to go to school. But <laughs> oh, it's just all the stuff they need and, you know, shoes that are right. And I mean, I don't know, but mine have to wear uniforms. I don't know if if, um, if, if you have to wear a uniform at your school's Arden you? doesn't. No, she doesn't have to. Oh, but she gosh. also might not meet the queen. So. I mean, I guess it could happen for Teddy. (laughs) What, um, what did you take away from the podcast about management? Like, like, like you said you were, you were expecting that there were things that existed. You felt it kind of inside, but you couldn't find anybody else talking about it. You found me speaking about it. Did you just get to a place where diabetes sort of fell into the background and it just went the way you expected? Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to givokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givokeglucagon.com dot com slash risk. Quickly, before we get back to Anna, I'd like to remind you that if you're a U.S. citizen who has type 1 diabetes or you're a U.S. citizen who is the caregiver of someone with type 1, the T1D Exchange is very interested in your answers to a simple survey. You can find that survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. By completing the survey, you are helping someone with type 1 diabetes. You're also supporting the Juice Box podcast. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. That link, as well as links to the sponsors, are all available right there in your podcast app. Right there, there's notes in there. You go into the little, you'll see it. And they're right there. You can, you can click right on them. Or... You can find those same links at juiceboxpodcast.com. If you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip series, they are also available at juiceboxpodcast.com. They're available at diabetesprotip.com. And they're available, again, right there in your podcast player. Just search for Juicebox Podcast Diabetes Pro Tip. The first episode of the Pro Tip series begins at episode 210. But for that list check out diabetesprotip.com or join the private Facebook group and look up there at the top. What do they call it at the top of the Facebook group? Uh, They just changed it. Facebook changes the name sometimes in the featured section. And there's lists of all of the, you know, you want me to look? Hold on. If you go into the featured section on the private Facebook group, private Facebook group is called juice box podcast, type one diabetes. There are lists of the pro tip series of the defining diabetes series the Diabetes Variables series, the Quick Start episodes, How We Eat series. You know, there's one of those. Uh, There's a list of popularly requested episodes. There are special episodes that you can find. 
mental wellness series, Scott and Jenny's, where listeners send in questions that Jenny and I answered. We're actually going to be doing more of them in 2022, but there's a ton of them already there. There are significant amounts of information about how to bowls for fat and protein. So much to choose from. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. It's a private Facebook group with over 22,000 members in it. And if you go right up there at the top in the featured section, you can find all of that and much more. I think the first thing I got from it, which um, changed my life, was that it is completely right to want your child to have the same blood sugar as you do. Um, and I always felt that in my gut, that to be healthy, you should have the same blood sugar as a normal person, generally as much as you can, mm -hmm. because that's how our bodies have been made. And nobody was saying that to me at all. Um, so I felt like I was sort of inventing that. And it was so nice to have that validated that, you know, it's, it's, it's a true and right goal to have normal blood sugar. Um, and then you gave me some of the tools to achieve that. And some of that was the technology. Some of that was, of, um, you know, micro bolusing. I think one of your um, podcasts that you did with the uh, sugar surfer, can't remember his name. Dr. Ponder. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That changed things hugely. And these were all things I wanted to do, but I wasn't being told I should and I'm quite good at following rules so I was quite cautious about breaking the rules that were being imposed upon us but it was all stuff I really wanted to do um so um you know being aggressive with highs and catching the lows and um bullishing regularly and 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 bullishing way in advance like especially for breakfast that you know nailed the breakfast and um but more just the belief that you can do it you can you can achieve good control that that ends up being what what i guess sounds like the most important part to you is just having a a, a foundation an idea to work for instead of like this is going to be a mess and nothing's going to be right now and your kid's sick and you can't have decent blood sugar. So, you know, just accept that and then let your life be what it's going to be. And you feeling like, I, I don't want that for him. And I don't even feel like that should, maybe that's not even really true. How do I find out? And then you, you learn, okay, I can aim for more. And then here's ways to aim for more. And then after that, you're just you're on your way, I guess. How long do you think it took to pull things together to where you were comfortable and it, it felt easier? Um, I think since Teddy was, I'd say for the last five years, um, it's been felt like it's easy. Okay. And, um, it's almost like you just get in the zone, don't you? And people say, is it not hard work? And you just say, well, it's, it's literally what you do. I've got an Apple Watch. I look at my watch all the time. We react straight away. 
we do all the text messaging, you know, which I learned from you. And at that point, Teddy didn't have a phone when you were talking about texting Arden. I was like, oh, my God, he's got to have a phone. Um, Because I thought he was too young to have a phone. But, um, (laughs) yeah, just just all your tricks. Um, It just became second nature. And I I don't know, it's... I go to the consultant and he's like, do you never have a break? Do you not want to sit down in the evening with a glass of wine? It must be such hard work. And he goes on like that. And I'm like, it's it's totally second nature. The hard work, and I think that's what you've always said, is if if you miss the highs or you miss the lows, that's where the hard work starts. So, um, you know, I still feel that some people, people just don't get it. It's, you know, it's it's normal, isn't it, for people? for us and and for you it's it's not extra work at all i share your feelings completely i would i would a million times over prefer to just pay attention for a couple of seconds to avoid a problem than to spend the hours mm. of turmoil chasing blood sugars around and being fearful that happens when things get out of whack like that part i couldn't i couldn't have lived through that okay like eventually that would have mm. got that would have gotten to me but the 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 other stuff now like just doing something beforehand it's um i don't want to say it's easy cuz i don't want to i don't want to insult anybody but it, second nature is a great way to put it like we just we walked into that movie theater the other day and arden got you know food she doesn't normally have all at once and I, her blood sugar never went over like 145 and that and she was mm. drinking one of those giant like slurpy things those icy and uh i i never even remember was it blue it, it was th- no it, this one was pretending to be coca-cola so uh it, oh, okay. it was brown teddy has these blue blue and blue ones which make your mouth all blue yeah <laughs> well yeah. i i didn't get a drink because of course Anyone who has a family knows after you pay for everybody else's stuff, you're like, well, I guess I won't have something so that this doesn't cost a million dollars. You know? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I always do. You get the smallest portion as well when you serve dinner. <laughs> Someone tell me if there's popcorn left at the end, I'll eat the pieces from the bottom, please. Um, and, and so I tried her drink a couple of times because I was thirsty during the, the movie and boy, it's a lot of sugar. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I was like, Oh, geez. Um, but she drank that whole thing and had popcorn that she shared with my wife that we didn't measure. And she ate a candy. And I don't know how much of it she ate. And I just I just did the things that I do. And it was fine. And I don't really know a better way to explain it than that other than um, I just I know what to do. And I just do it. Like I, I mean, if you've ever played a sport or if there's something in the world you're just incredibly good at, you just don't think about it. It just happens. And uh, I don't want to say it's like riding a bike because that seems like an old timey statement that people will laugh at me for. But uh, I just knew what to do and I didn't really have to think about it. And I think that most people eventually, and I do think the podcast is helpful for that. I think you can get to that. So it sounds like you're there. Yeah. The problem I've got at the moment is that my eyesight is um, getting a bit worse, which I've been denying for as long as I can <laughs> so I didn't want to get glasses but I can't read his reading on my watch yeah. which is just really awful so I had to go to an optician and actually give in and get glasses 
so that I can read his BG on this tiny, tiny little watch face I've got. Well, you acted like an adult. You know what I did when that happened to me? <laughs> I stopped wearing the watch. <laughs> just put the watch down. I was like, oh, this thing just reminds me that I'm old. And that's not what this is supposed to be for. My wife, exactly. my wife uses it now. Um, I almost gave it away on the podcast. I was like, I almost did a thing like, win Scott's Apple Watch because he can't see it. And uh, and my wife was like, uh, I'll use it. And I was like, okay. But no, um, I've, uh, you know, arm's length has a different uh, meaning to me now. You know, I used to think of keeping something at arm's length as keeping a person away from me. And now I think of it as where I hold my phone so that I can read it. Um, I know. And I got the glasses too. It was tough. Uh, it makes me, you know what it always makes me think about? It always well, makes me think that one day Arden might have that problem, but she'll be by herself taking care of her stuff. It always makes me sad a lot. What she won't be able to see. Yeah, I get worried about that because I interview older people who have diabetes. And some, hmm. of, some of the issues with dexterity come up eventually. Buttons and applying devices and things like that become harder as you get older. And uh, it makes me think about that stuff. But... Not yeah, but there won't be any there won't be any devices then, will there? That's what I keep telling Teddy. There will not be any devices. It'll all be it'll all be automatic and invisible. And um this is the hardest bit now. So they won't have to deal with any of that. I like your ideas. That's a good I hope that happens for sure. <laughs> I mean, the way the way technology is able to leap forward, I guess it really just takes the will of uh of a company to keep leaping with it. You know, you just, yeah. you need people to want to keep improving and, and innovating and, and, uh, and making things available. So I don't know, like, I, listen, it doesn't make me cry in a corner or anything like that. I just think about it sometimes I'm like, Oh, she's going to get older, you know, and still have to do this stuff. And I'm, I'm going to be dead. I mean, it's not possible for me to, Oh live. my goodness. Oh, Anna, listen, <laughs> how much longer can I go? Let's be honest. <laughs> I've I've chosen a profession where I sit still for hours and hours a week. I should have picked something where I'm moving around, don't you think? I start doing this podcast on the move. That'll sound great. <laughs> walking in the background and trees rustling. Ugh. It could be like a, a mindfulness podcast, a mindfulness type one. So as long as you could have like birds tweeting and yeah, twigs um twigs snapping under your feet. I'll just hum. It, I'll, I'll hum it, just, mm, just everybody just center yourself <laughs> yeah think i can get away with putting that up three times a week <laughs> that'll go okay <laughs> oh my gosh well um what are your hopes like moving forward like are you thinking about algorithms for him or do you think you'll stick with well, what you're doing? that's interesting you ask because i've been listening to you talking about the loop system and um we're going to wait till we we get the the Omnipod five. Is it? Mm -hmm. We're going to wait however long it will take for that to come out, and that's exciting. It is. Um, I, I yeah, I I think this, by the time Teddy's left home, there'll be definitely a better way of doing it already and you know the night times won't be such a worry or anything like that by the time he's an adult um yeah I think we're doing the hardest bit and and that's the way it should be so 
But I mean, you don't want to hope too much, but I just feel really positive about it. And, I, you know, even if it didn't really change now, he's he's OK and um, and he can, you know, he can manage it. So I don't know if I I've not mentioned, but he was diagnosed with celiac um, four years ago. So that's actually had more of an impact on him than his type one. It's made type one seem seem sort of far more manageable because the celiac was was a real surprise and like a real life changing event. And it's still something that he oh, you can't help but wish um he didn't have it because you know there's loads of food that he wants to eat and he can't. Um that's like a harder one in a way to come to terms with when you think about his future because I think about him being, you know, drinking beer, it's got gluten in it. Um, you know, you think about them being students and they're going to the pub or they're getting pizza or they and that's when I think that's that's the thing that's gonna be um that's harder to feel so positive about. But at the same time, you know, he's he's growing older with it. And there's plenty of alternatives and there's more and more alternatives all the time. So again, it's just something that will be part of him and he'll be fine. Yeah. What's his A1C right now? Uh, I need to look at my bit of paper. Um, His last A1C was 35 in March. Let me think about how that goes. I'm looking at my... Do you use the old numbers? Because I still think in old numbers. Um, I'm just looking for my chart so I can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, um, I think he's... He's been about 40 for at least five years now, if not more. I'm looking it up. Five point eight in America. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's excellent. So good. It's really, really, really wonderful, um, and not too hard to achieve for you. No, I mean we we have these. So we have a bit of a laugh because Saturday night's pizza night, but that's pizza in, not out. Um, frozen pizzas. That's a night where I never get much sleep, but that's a bit of a laugh because I do get sleep on other nights. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, there's certain things that definitely throw the Bee Gees totally out. And um, it's normally food-based, late in the evening, eating uh, things that are high-carb, high-fat. Um, but yeah. the rest of it just seems easy. Um, yeah. Have you heard the episode about bolusing for fat? I did, yeah. I listened to that. Good, and good. Um, the problem that I've got at the moment, and I don't know how long this has been going on for, is I sleep through all the alarms and I've changed them. Um, I've double-checked the volume. I've got another alarm clock that I put on to go off every two hours just in case I've slept through all the um, the alarms on the Dexcom. Um, so I'm still a bit scared of going too mad before I go to sleep with insulin because I'm like oh my god I don't know if I'm going to wake up um I don't know how to solve that because you can't make that I'm on the highest volume possible um and I know that firemen 
apparently have to change their alarms regularly or they'd sleep through like the the alarms when there's a fire yeah so um that is what i do and it has no effect whatsoever it's not helping you at all but i've never sorry it's not helping you at all changing the alarms no and i've never slept through anything awful and a really really good thing that we've discovered because of this is he's actually woken up on his own a couple of times when he's been low proper low um and again i only know our numbers but like say 2.3 or something um i don't know how much that is in your I... your numbers 41 so okay. pretty low yeah it yeah so he's woken up and got up and had dextrose and gone back to bed and i've seen the graph in the morning and been like oh my god and he's like, it's okay, I did it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so cool. But, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think after all those years of not sleeping, I just, I'm, I need to sleep now. And, um, yeah, I don't, don't quite know what to do about it. But. And I'm going to tell you about the time your eyes stop working. It's about the time you can't just power through the night anymore either those those things happened to me at the same time oh is it my age yeah you're getting older oh honestly. no yeah <laughs> well i think the thing that's going to fix that in my opinion since you brought it up is omnipod 5 i think an algorithm that has good settings is going to really surprise you overnight it's oh yeah going to be pretty cool so um that that should be a lot of comfort for you i mean i know he's still young but do you think he thinks about going away university yeah definitely he doesn't want to stay here does he in this field that we live in for the rest of his life i know i think they all want to go off to the city at some point um yeah he's he's probably wants to go to uni or college or something so he doesn't he doesn't know what yet but um your oldest is thinking about it too yeah. yeah, he's um. Yeah, it still seems like he's only fifteen, the oldest. Oh, okay. So it's only the beginning of thinking about it. I like that you're like they don't want to. There's no way they're going to want to stay here with us. You guys will just be. I'm talking. Good. Yeah, no, I, I suppose I'm talking because that was the way I felt. Because <laughs> oh, oh. well, I was brought up in a little village, and and I was. So desperate to get out and I, I basically chose a spot on the map which was the furthest away from where my village was I was in Scotland and I chose a point on the map in the south of England um because I was just so ready to get out of this tiny little community and I'm like oh god my kids are going to be desperate to get out of here and, and none of them are actually saying that at the moment so i'm hoping we've not walked them into thinking it's a great idea to live in a field for the rest of your life but... yeah with you guys paying for everything right <laughs> what, how did you end up back in a how did you end up back in a small place if you wanted to get away from it so badly well life's life's a circle isn't it do you not think no, I, I mean don't. i think that more and more is you just go around and end up where you were at the beginning so did you go to a city and, and get away at first? Oh, yeah. And I spent years in different cities. I did loads of um, higher education in different places. And I worked in London and um, 
yeah, I only came back to the countryside when um, I was in my mid, uh, I was probably 40, actually. Um, so, yeah, I'd been away for 20 20 odd years away from a rural situation and I did all the city stuff and I think it's maybe when you have kids that you just start to sort of pine for maybe what you had in your childhood. Did this boy drag you into the woods or did was it your idea? No it was me oh, no he him. was he's he's from London he's from the city born and bred and um I we went to live in London together. I worked in galleries in London, art galleries, and um, I'd get on the tube, you know, the underground trains to work, and I'd um, I'd come back from work and say, it's crazy, all these people are like robots on these undergrounds, on the escalators, and crammed into the trains, and then there's all the cars, and on this crazy way of living, and looking out of your window, and all you can see is houses, and I'd sort of rant and rave about it, and um and then we 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 basically left and he didn't think he'd like the countryside and and I I've been proved right that actually this is the way this is the way we live well not everyone would like it but we we love it and um you just you just so went, I feel, yeah I, you just went into the city like a like a monster from a movie stole one of their boys and ran back into the woods with it <laughs> <laughs> It's very nice that you guys found what what works for you so well. It's uh yeah, it's well, really lovely. Yeah. So, I guess I want to understand how much of management is you, and how much of management is Teddy in the course of a normal day. Okay. Well, school is um, totally Teddy. No more texting? One, you're, you're done with that? He has a rule that I must not ever text him when he's at school um, because it's just really embarrassing having your mum text you. So I've tried to respect that, and I think there's only once actually ever that I've, I've texted him when I was watching and I could see that he was low. Um and in a way, I think he felt he needed to prove to me that he could do it really well so that I wouldn't bother him. And that's what he's done. So he is totally in charge at school. Um, he, he does a pretty good job at school. School's a bit weird because I feel like there's a lot of emotion at school because you've got all your friends there and then you've got a teacher, you're all sitting in class being quiet and then you come out of class an hour later and there's all loads of noise and excitement in the corridor and then you sit down in a quiet classroom. And I think that really affects your blood sugar. Um, So it's quite a challenging job being at school and it's not to do with the food at all, it's to do with just the environment you're in. Where does he... um... Well, first of all, is is he pre-bolusing his meals, even at school? Yeah, although he is, uh, they don't really eat. <laughs> Him and his friends walk around the playground looking really cool. And <laughs> it's like not, it's just, it's not really cool to have proper food. So you might have like a bag of crisps or something. Um, 
but certainly not like a sandwich or um, anything that's in a wrapper or um, so yeah he he tends to have a good breakfast I make him porridge every morning and then he eats like bird food all day like mm-hmm. nothing really um, and then he'll totally pig out when he gets home from school gotcha the porridge he's good good at bolusing for without a big spike yeah we've got it down to a tea it's 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 we've, we i actually weigh it it's the only food i ever weigh for him i don't weigh anything else um but i just we've got to get the breakfast bang on if he's going to school so i weigh it out he has banana in it and it's totally perfect he doesn't need he's on fias mm-hmm. so it's the the pre-bullis is Shorter. five ten minutes max whereas it used to be sometimes even half an hour um so if we sort of forget or we're running late it's not a big deal and i just always feel the porridge just keeps him going pretty well through the morning yeah. so um yeah that's excellent and he just takes care of the whole thing and now you're more overnight even unless he wakes up and you don't like like i am i'm sorry oh, no, the- good yeah, the, no, the minute he steps in the door, he behaves like he doesn't have diabetes anymore. So it's me. Oh, he's not so embarrassed of... of you then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like such a drag to bullish yourself and you can't be bothered to do this. And, you know, it's all incredibly tiring um, picking up the PDM. So, um yeah, I take over, and I don't care. I like it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't. Um, I just feel while he's at home, give him a bit of a break and let him, you know, not have that hassle. Yeah. Um, if he's up in his bedroom and I can't be bothered going all the way upstairs, then it's obviously it's text messaging, and he does it all. But um, no, I mean through COVID, I, I pretty much did everything. Um. When you said yeah. you like it, you mean you like giving him a break? Or you, yeah. yeah. I, I just, it makes, I just feel like he deserves it. Um, you know, to, to get through a school day, it's it's a lot of work. And he's really good at school. He's such a good student. And, and he keeps saying, oh, God, it's all that extra work with my diabetes and no one else has got that. And and I just think it's so nice for him to come home and just shed it, you know, to take the uniform off and forget that he's got to pull this. And um, that's what I'm there for. I mean, I, I don't work much. I'm part time. And since Teddy was diagnosed with type one, I think my hours have just year after year, they've reduced. And I thought actually I'd be able to work more and more. But I realised that when I work a lot, I'm not thinking about his blood sugar and then I'm not in tune with his body and then I'm getting it wrong. And then you're stressed and you're tired and just life gets difficult, doesn't it? So I've whittled my hours right down. So I'm, I'm just, I'm a mom, you know, and, and I, I'm not always distracted by having to work. And so I just feel good knowing that I'm looking after him and giving him a break. Nice. That's excellent. Just, um, does does your does Tom work out of the house or does he go somewhere for work? Yeah, well, he's 
he he works always within a, like a three mile radius of where we live. We live in a cottage on like a country estate, mm-hmm. so it's like a private landowner who owns houses and villages. And Tom's in charge of all the cottages on the estate, so it's like a hundred odd cottages. Oh. So he's he he sort of manages all the repairs and um designs sort of new builds and all that sort of stuff. But since COVID, he did a lot more work in the office from home. And so he's probably at home more than he's not at home. Interesting. Um, yeah. That whole shift has been, like, Kelly just has been in our dining room forever. And then she, you know, said she was going back to work a month or so ago. And she went one day and went a second day. And then she came back and she said, ah, they said to stop coming in. <laughs> So I was like, okay. So she's back in the dining room again. And um, I don't know when she's going to go back now. Now they're saying maybe the end of September. They're not even sure. Um, but the not commuting part was really nice. I know that she was losing a lot of time just driving back and forth to her office. Um, and uh, it's, Yeah, it's nice I mean, it is really that. nice, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I... I it's quite nice having the house to yourself sometimes and I'm not quite sure if that's ever going to happen again for me uh, just to have like a day on my own here would be heaven but mm, I um, think about that it is really nice having yeah. everyone at home yeah no I love everybody being here I was sad when well when Cole went back to school I I was happy for him because being here was not what was supposed to happen it was obvious and you know last night on social media, I saw uh, Instagram stories from his baseball team, and you know I can see him at practice, and he's smiling, and you know with his friends and everything, and that's all fantastic. And mm. uh, but I did really get used to him being here, and uh, I did I do miss that he's not here. I sent him a text the other day, and um, I said hi. I just said hello to him, and he said hi. He goes, "Is there you know?" He's like, "What's up?" And I said just nice weather today made me think that if you were here, we'd, you know, be on a field somewhere like hitting a baseball together and I miss you. And I just wanted to say hi, Aww. you know, and he was like, Oh, Hey. And then, you know, he was gone. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, that was, that was pretty much the extent of it. <laughs> but, but having said that Arden's back at school now and there was a, there was definitely a moment where I thought, Oh, if Kelly would just leave, I could be by myself again for five minutes. <laughs> Just, oh, I know. <laughs> I just, I do. I fantasize about it. I don't know what I do, but it's just. I just would I'm do everything in more quiet. I just like the quiet. Yeah, sometimes. more quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Just a stillness that but, happens in the house. Although, and I don't know if you experience this or not, um, but I can wake up in the morning and you can feel when everybody's not there. And it, yeah. the house feels different with or without people in it. And, uh, it bumps me out a little bit too. So I don't know what's going to come of all this. But Oh, does that make you feel a bit lonely, do you think? Um, I don't know if it's lonely. I just really like being around my family. And I don't know yeah. if that's lonely or not. I just, uh, I like being able to, like, even if you don't, you know, in a normal day, sometimes you don't even talk to people very much, but they're there. You hear no. them moving around or they walk past you and you say hello, like, you know, that kind of stuff i don't know i guess is that lonely i just i always think of. i'm glad you still i'm glad you still say hello to them when they walk past you yeah that must mean you get on because yeah yeah you're staring at the floor like (laughs) (laughs) or like elbowing them as they walk past 
Yeah. Even like <laughs> when my kids leave the house, they always tell us they're leaving. And yeah, then there's something about that that makes me feel like I'm aware of their greater movement. Like, and I don't know why that's important to me, but I like knowing. I don't even know what it is. I like knowing. I like knowing where they, not even where they are. Cause I don't ask them where they're going. Mm-hmm. Just I'm leaving. I'll be back. And I'm like, okay, great. And then I just, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it. It feels like a connection point for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Anna. I could be out of my mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Maybe I've been in this house. Too you long. might. No, you might emerge through like a butterfly at some point and, and spread your wings and, and have a whole new. Well, Arden told me last night she's leaving for school soon. She's like, she says, is it strange that a year from now I won't be here? And I'm like, so I said to her, I go, you think you can get into a college? She goes, I think I can. I was like, oh, sorry. I was just trying to tease her a little bit, you know? And, uh, and then I thought about it. And I was like, ah, oh, she isn't going to be here. And then you're right. I am going to need to do something. So um, there's some, some, uh, I guess, kind of spots around the country that we haven't visited yet that we're thinking of maybe taking some road trips and driving to see things and, um, but trust me, the big issue is going to be getting my wife away from work because she's a uh, she is a beyond a dedicated employee. Um, she's a very type A worker. So when there's something yeah. to do, she does it, and there's always something to do. So we'll see if I can pry her away or not. Sounds like I should get her into the country and she'd relax in two seconds. Oh yeah, you could go camping. Anything. Right. Just just to get away a little bit. I also think your situation is great because if you guys get on each other's nerves and one of you snaps, uh, you can bury the body somewhere. No one will ever know. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. There's there's loads of places you could bury a body or you can strop off and disappear for half an hour and nobody can find you. Just wander off. Um, Yeah, we've got a herd of them. of cattle out there, wild cattle with huge horns. Can you and, get near um, them? Sorry? Can you get near them? Well, they, they put their heads over our fence. But oh. they're, we, we're living in an area that they're calling like a rewilding zone. So they lay basically letting the whole place go completely wild. And they've got wild ponies and they we've got these 13... Um, white park cattle with these enormous horns they just put a bull in with them Mm. and um, it sort of changed the feel it feels a bit like Jurassic Park now because you hear like the undergrowth crunching and and, and, because they're quite enormous and um, you go for an innocent walk and you always have to be incredibly vigilant that they're not very near because they could charge at you maybe and um, they've got these massive horns so yeah it feels like we're now living in yeah jurassic park the white park cattle is a medium-sized animal with mature bulls in working condition weighing approximately 2100 pounds and cows up to 1400 pounds mm. wow so you don't know how big that is so there's you like- yeah, there's 13 of them, and they literally stand with their heads looking over the fence. We've got two dogs, so the dogs sit 
barking at them. Um, and I jog, I go jogging along our track. And I have to look all the time because the, the one thing the farmer said to me was, don't ever turn your back on a cow. <laughs> <laughs> So I go jogging and I'm, I'm like completely terrified that um, they're going to be there. But I still do. I get a bit of a kick out of the danger. It feels, you know, it feels, <laughs> feels like, like quite a good way something. to start. The t- <laughs> 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 it's like my dicing with death first thing in the morning. <laughs> 2,100 pounds, by the way. 2,100 pounds, by the way, is 150 stone, if that means more to you. Um, okay. Yeah. But a lot. Yeah, and they move quickly. It's possible your episode's going to be called Running from Cows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is a... Has has, has talking to me today been fun for you? Or did you... Are you let down at this point? Like, we're an hour into it. Are you like, oh, I wasted my time? Or how are you feeling about this? Oh, not at all. No, it's it's so nice to speak to you again because I feel like, I feel like I've sort of known you for so long. And I always want Arden to be doing well. And, you know, Teddy knows that Arden was always the one who I was sort of looking at how she was getting on. Um, and... Oh, yeah, I, I think I honestly don't know anyone else who's got anywhere close to what you're doing. And I, I do, I, I have friends who've had kids diagnosed in this country and I've recommended you. And I just wish, I just don't know, I just wish everyone was, was doing doing the management the way you, you speak about. And I wish, you know, the world would be a better place. Oh, thank you. Do you do you think that some of those people don't do it the way that you do? Are there some people that yeah, you meet? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is that how does that make you feel? I don't like to say anything because it's not my place, but I it makes me cross and it makes me cross that a child can have like quite a bad start in life if um you know that they've not been managed well um and I do think I'll give you an example a friend of ours that we've known for a long time was diagnosed only two years ago he's about 14 and the the nurse in in the diabetes team told them after six months he said you don't need to check him in the night anymore because he's stabilized. Oh. So they told me this and I, I didn't say anything, but I just thought, how can anyone ever say that? Mm. Um and he had a really, really bad seizure in the night, and they had to phone an ambulance, and it was utterly terrifying. And you know, I, I just it's just amazing. It really amazes me that the experts, the medical experts, still have such a dated way of looking at type 1 diabetes. No, it's interesting, too, because as much as you know, like, I get the idea that once you say something, you feel like, okay, I said it once, like, I can't come back and push, 
right? Like it's, it's, even though you feel like it would be valuable, there's a hard thing to want to do getting between a person and their child's health and, and infer yourself into it. I just looked while, um, I just looked while, while you were talking and there are hundreds of thousands of uh, downloads in the UK since you've been on the podcast. So really, yeah, it's the, it's the fourth largest country for me. For me, it goes us, Canada, Australia, then UK's number four for me. Um, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing actually dragging this around the map and seeing that people listen in India and South Africa and Brazil. It's very strange. You know, there's a fair amount of downloads in, uh, Mexico and there's even one guy listening in Greenland. So, and I've actually met him online. I, one day I went on Facebook and I was like, is the person in Greenland who's listening here? And this guy's like, that's me. I was like, oh, <laughs> and it really is. There's, there's literally not enough downloads for it to be more than one person. And uh, oh. I just thought that was so incredibly interesting. I mean, thinking back to when you were on, I was just trying this, you know, I just like, I was wondering if this will work. And you know, <clears throat> the month you, the month your episode was up, I wouldn't think that, I mean, I wouldn't think that the, the podcast had, I mean, maybe I can look actually, cause it might be interesting. I have to go back. It's so bad. I have to go back into an old, um, it's so long ago. I have to go back into an old system that tracks things because the, uh, the system has changed so much since then. I know. And the, the, um, picture changed. I remember when that changed. Yeah. Arden, um, Arden was like, stop <laughs> using pictures of me looking like a baby. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, it was so sweet though. <laughs> you think of her as, as a little <laughs> kid too, right? You know, I told her a lot of people think of you this way. And she's like, I don't care. And I was like, all right. All right. <laughs> so, um, how embarrassing yeah she she does well with it but i mean there are limits to how much she'll accept i think (laughs) um april well this is crazy april 2015 the month your show was on the entire the entire show not just the 10 episodes that were up but the entire show got 1536 downloads that month like that whole month hold on a second yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I had an episode go up this do. And that episode it's only been up for a handful of hours. That episode has 1238 downloads. Wow. Already that's the episode and I won't share with you how many thousands of downloads the the whole show has today already, but it's a lot. Wow. And, Does that make uh, you feel really good? It makes me, um, yes. I mean, that should be my first answer. It makes me feel like yeah. I accomplished something and that it's working and that people enjoy it and it's helpful to them. And that's why it's growing and that's why people listen to it. So that part is really amazing. I am still a little like stunned by it at times. Yeah. Y- you know, that, that a, a month's worth of downloads in the first year is now a couple of, I mean, it's honestly, it's like an hour's worth of downloads now. And, um, it's weird. It, it, you know what? It, the, more than anything, it gives you a feeling of responsibility. Um, yeah. That you realize how many people are listening and you very badly do not want to uh, lead them wrong. Um, and 
And it's also strange a little to know that some people are counting on you for their entertainment. Uh, because the show has become like it's I, I don't think it's I mean, it's a diabetes podcast, but it's it's a regular podcast, too. You, you know, like it's I think it's yeah. some, some people just like listening to I know I love listening to audio like before you and I got on. Yeah, no, I, I, I was listening to something that I enjoy listening to. And then I took yeah, my headphones no, off and sat down here and, and I'm talking to you now. And when I get up, I'm going to put them back on and keep listening to what I was listening to. So, yeah. um I, it's interesting to know oh. that somebody's sitting thinking like, I wonder when this episode's going to come out and that they're waiting for it. It's nice. It really is. It's a, a yeah. very, very fulfilling feeling. I've, I've only got a couple more minutes because I've got to go and pick up my daughter from school. So. No. Well, then let's say goodbye. Is there anything that we didn't yeah. talk about that you were hoping to? No, I think we, well, we just, we just chatted. It was lovely. It was. It was a nice catch up. Um, yeah. I, I just really, I thought it was so interesting when you reached out. I was like, oh my gosh, she was on the 10th episode. I would love, and I Aww. remember, and I remember you because, I mean, try to imagine 10 episodes into making a podcast in New Jersey. Yeah, I know. I heard from a lady who's like, I live in the country in England and I want to be on your podcast. And I was like, wait, what? Like, wow. You know, like it was a little mind blowing, you know, and yeah. tomorrow an episode goes up with a woman who lives in Canada, but is of Iranian descent. And her son was diagnosed while they were at a wedding in Iran. And like I edited one last night with somebody from New Zealand and uh, a little girl from Russia was on recently. And it's really, but you were the first one. So Mm -hmm. you'll always be the first one. Anna, you'll always be my first. (laughs) Well, I, I really appreciate you doing this. And thank you so much for taking the time to come back on again. Thank you. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash juice box and everything else you need to know is either at juiceboxpodcast.com diabetesprotip.com or right there in the show notes of your podcast player i'd like to take a moment to thank anna for coming back on the show but also for coming on in the first place. I breezed over it a little bit in the episode, but Anna came on the podcast, like I said, in April of 2015. I think the show was going up once a week, and it started in January. January of 2015, the podcast started. I was putting up one episode a week, um, and I didn't really know what I wanted the podcast to be yet. I think Anna's was one of the very first conversations that I had, just a talk with a person, And um, it must have had a real impact on me because the very next episode is episode 11, which now we all know to be bold with insulin and uh, a fan favorite. But, you know, the experience I had talking to her put me in that headspace when I went back to record episode 11. So I'll always be very grateful that she came on the podcast back when, honestly, very few people were going to hear her story. But today, um, a magnitude of many, many more heard what she had to say. 
So I appreciate her helping me build this thing for you. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.